Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be, as you go about gallivanting <laughs> through this great and good galaxy, <laughs> that you are able to keep your perspective on everything that happens in your life. Now, I want you to realize and recognize that everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is to teach you a lesson and sometimes the reason is to, well, bring good things into your life, such as a a new soulmate or, you know, eventually our twin flames if we are incarnate with them, most of us are not. I know that I am, but I haven't, uh, I know who he is. I haven't met him in person yet. I hope he contacts me soon, of course, but I know that everything in our world, everything in our life, everything happens for a reason and everything happens in a specific order for a reason. So if you really, really, really want to be in love and in a relationship, you might have to go through a bunch of really crappy relationships first before you get to the good stuff. You get to the good person that's going to treat you right. But how would you know if you didn't already have four or five horribly um, (laughs) failed relationships that put you on the proper path to a greater perspective of the situation. So basically, um, everything happens for a reason and everything happens for your own learning. Everything all is for your own spiritual growth and learning. And even the bad or scary happenings in your life is there in place to help you everything in this world everything in this universe is there to help increase you in some way and everything is there for your growth for you everything in this universe is conspiring on your behalf even the bad things even the breakups even if you get a bad grade in in the university or you have a fight with a teacher or you have a run in with authorities such as you broke the law oopsies i didn't know that was a law what ignorance is no excuse are you kidding me right now <laughs> no matter what it is no matter what the bad 
or scary happenings are in your life, you're always going to learn from it. And what if you have a wonderful relationship and it breaks up in a bad way? You still know when you look back over that relationship, you're going to know, well, what went wrong and what went right and what could I have improved upon and what could the other person have improved upon? What would I have liked in that relationship that I did not have? My first relationship when I was 18 years old, I was with my guy for six years. It's like almost like six years and and a half, maybe something like that. I always rounded it up when I told the story later that I was with the same guy for seven years, but now I look back and go, he's kind of a putz. So we're going to just call it six, (laughs) six and some change. But I was with them for six years and I feel like I was always trying to get him to do nice things for me that are romantic and Sometimes I would complain, like, I wish that we did more romantic things. I wish you would consider my feelings more and what it is that I would want in my life. And I never really told him in advance, this is what I expect or this is what I want. But what happened was I would be disappointed and mad at him and he would not know why. (laughs) And then I'd go, well, why aren't you more romantic? You know, (laughs) which is, you know, looking back, I was young. I mean, I was 18, 19. I mean, I I started dating him when I was 18 years old. So, I mean, when you think about that for six years, I mean, that's pretty good to hold it together for that long. Being that young, that naive, (laughs) not knowing anything about having a decent relationship. I watched my father go through three marriages His third one, he remained in until he died. So he finally did get it right. He told me three strikes, you're out. So this one has got to last, you know, because I don't want to be out and not ever be able to be back in again. And I'm like, okay, fine. You want to use a baseball reference? Dad, that's on you. (laughs) But it's, it was something that during that time, I realized the ways in which I allowed myself to be disrespected the ways in which I allowed myself to be kind of a doormat and kind of submissive when I didn't really want to be that really wasn't my personality to be um, completely compliant to his will to the detriment of my own will to the detriment of my own needs and we're gonna go over that a little bit later in the second half about those needs what what is it that we do need what is our um what is what is necessary for us to have what do we need that in our lives what do we need that is um basically uh the elements that will keep us um happy and uh, available to the love and the energy of all of life. You know, like we really need to know what makes us tick. We need to know ourselves in order to know what our individual needs are. I mean, there are needs that everyone in the world needs. You know, everyone has the same basics, but what is it that you need that's above and beyond? Like for me, I needed a little bit more romance. I mean, sometimes I thought the cheesier, the better, honestly, 
when I first heard people say, oh, that's so cheesy. I didn't, I, I didn't agree secretly. I, I just, I like getting the flowers. I like getting the gifts. I like the surprises. I like the, Hey, what are you doing tonight? I want to take you out to eat. And you don't even know what is going to happen next. You don't know if you're going to go to your favorite Mexican restaurant and watch flamenco dancers while you chomp on an enchilada or a burrito. <laughs> or if you're going to be whisked up the coast to a sexy little Italian place overlooking the ocean. You know, I like that. I like that surprise element. So I, I remember getting into an argument with my boyfriend, Bob. <laughs> uh, he's just as exciting as his name sounds. <laughs> um, he was an interesting person. He was really fun to talk to. He was intellectually good. But looking back, I know he was a freaking nar- narcissist. He's not somebody that I would choose for myself looking back. If I was a matchmaker and I was matchmaking myself with a man at that time, he would not be even in the running, let alone my first choice. Um, I never would have picked him for me, but, um, knowing what I know now about him, but, uh, he disrespected me in the ways that not only did he look at, uh, playboys, this is before the internet porn industry, you know, (laughs) before any of that, but it was, it, it was, it was before that. And he, um, would look at Playboys or Penthouse, you know, uh, pictures of naked women and masturbate. And that was like his thing. And he would do that for freaking hours, hours. It was like a, a freaking part-time job for him. And you know how embarrassing that was for me as, as a, 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 I always wanted to think of myself as a proper and appropriate person. And it really was embarrassing. It deeply embarrassed me. And I just, I found myself growing farther and farther apart from him but we were still together for seven years. It was terrible, but I just let him have it. Okay, fine. This is what you want to do. This is how you want to spend your Saturday. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to take a lovely bike ride. I've got plans with friends. I'm going to have my, you know, on Sunday, I've got my champagne brunch with Jacqueline and her family. And, you know, on Friday night, I'm going to go out with Rusty. We're going to go see a movie together. You know, he was just my friend, nothing more, you know? So I'm like, Hey, you know, I I have, a life. What you have is, you know, spanking your winking thing, you know, or whatever. I was just like, you go spank the monkey. I'm going to go watch a movie about a monkey. I'm going to have a different kind of experience because whatever his experience was, that's how you want to do it. Okay. You know, and he had like, he had like notebook where he would like time himself how long it took it it was gross. It was so gross. Like, no, looking back, that was not something I needed in my life. It was insane. He was crazy, (laughs) completely nuts. And, and the day that I knew it was all over between us and I still let it go on for two or three more years. And I knew it was over between us the day when he, um, went out at six o'clock in the morning while I was still asleep. And he went to a garage sale, went all, uh, all over the whole of Santa Barbara to garage sales and looking for penthouse and playboy magazines. And he saw, um, boxes. I mean like 20 or 30 freaking boxes filled with these 
filthy magazines, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, no offense to the women who pose naked and then whatever. You know, having one or two magazines around, okay, give yourself a little thrill once in a while, but I mean, seriously, he bought 30 boxes. Boxes. And what really clinched it for me and when I decided I'm not going to marry this guy, he's not the guy for me, um, was when he took my bank card, my bank card, went to the bank and stole all of the money I had in savings to pay for these fucking magazines. One of the most horrible things that could happen, right? So he drained my savings, which I was only making $10 an hour before taxes. Okay. I mean, I was lucky to pull down $7 an hour. I was working my ass off, putting myself through school. He was paying for rent for both of us because he already had his degree, you know? And so that was why I kept staying because it was convenient, which is another shitty thing I did. I didn't need to do that but I felt like I needed to do that. And he kept trying to convince me I needed to stay with him to get my degree so that he could continue, of course, to have sex with me when he wasn't winking it without me. And his goal was to, uh, do like to, to touch himself while looking at every single woman in every single magazine in 30 freaking boxes. It's insane, right? You know how embarrassed, I mean, now I'm not embarrassed to say it because that had nothing to do with me. That was his bullshit. That was his hang up. That was not me. So I'm not embarrassed to tell the whole fucking world about this insanity that went on in my life. When I was just, I was like an innocent 18 year old. Like I barely, like I'd had a couple guys that I dated. I wasn't a virgin when I met him, nothing like that. But, but I mean, it was one of those things where I just had the vision of the perfect life, the perfect marriage. I wanted romance, you know, I didn't want a guy hoveled in the dark with all these magazines laid out around him. It was gross. The energy for that was so disgusting. And I was just like, ugh. it made me grossed out. I, I would be like, okay, so I'm going to go now. Bye. You know, like I never, like when he was home, I made sure I made myself scarce. I had friends. I had, I had life. I had other things I did instead. It was crazy, you know? And he was just like, as long as you have Saturday mornings for me to have sex, I'm like, whatever, you know, like maybe I will, maybe I won't. Like it was one of those things. So like, but looking back on it now, you know, when I remember fighting tooth and nails so that he would, um, finally give me the romance I wanted. I finally explained what that would look like a picnic overlooking the ocean, you know, with, with, with a gorgeous spread of food. We don't even have to cook it ourselves. If you don't want, I don't give a shit. It could be Kentucky fried chicken. It could be anything. So one day he says, okay, we're going to do your romance thing. I'm like, Oh my God, don't tell me, make it a fucking surprise, you know? But anyway, he said, okay, so we drove in his crappy little Toyota (laughs) to Kentucky fried chicken. He grabs a bucket of chicken, not even the full meals, just a bucket (laughs) and two sodas or no, not sodas. We drank water. Then we were both bodybuilders. So I was like, okay, fine. So we had waters and a bucket of chicken. Okay. This is not my ideal, uh, picnic romance 
meal and we go to the ocean, but it was a cliff overlooking the ocean and it was, um, a bunch of stairs going down to the beach and he decided to run up and down the stairs to work up a good sweat so that he could uh, eat his chicken while looking at the sunset for the one minute it took to set. Like, it wasn't romantic at all. And he was like, is this not romantic enough for you? It's what you wanted. We're having, we're having a meal. We're looking at the ocean. There's the sun. It's setting. I'm going to do my exercise now. Get my exercise in. So those two incidences were the, were, it's like, I knew this guy's not my guy. Right. So even though it was a bad experience overall for me, terrible, in fact, um, and he was quite disrespectful as a human being, like literally when the sun started to set, he came up with his sweaty ass arm and threw it around me, said, here you go, honey, here's our romance. And then as soon as the sun set, he said, well, we better get going really quick, you know, because we want to be able to see up the rest of these stairs to the top of the cliff fucking sad, right? So impossibly rude and sad. What a fucking asshole. (laughs) I mean, really, right? But when I got into my next relationship, he was sweet. He was kind. He was very, very loving. He, he made us a picnic in his living room to surprise me. Didn't know the whole incident that, that I just described. He didn't know anything of that. He said he's into love and romance. He wants to be married. He wants to have children someday. I was like, oh my God, maybe you're my guy. He wasn't. But even from him, I knew, and he had an, he had an anger issue. He would get into a, a ranting, raving, you know, he was, he was, um, Italian (laughs) and he went into this ranting, raving thing and he would get so mad that I'd be like, I love you. I'm going to leave. I'll call you tomorrow when you've calmed down. Bye. So I knew from the ranting, raving thing, I knew he wasn't the one. So even through all of our bad experiences, even if they're a little bit scary, we start to know what it is we want. Now I'm using relationships as the basis for this, um, talk, but we could go into anything. You might have a job where your boss treats you like crap, but you stay because the money is good. And then you might find a job that's $2 an hour less, but the boss is really nice. The hours are flexible. You can be late and no one says shit to you, you know, like, and, and you feel loved and welcomed and wanted. And you start to realize what are your needs in a job? You start realizing that's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I needed to do. Right? So everything in our world is for our learning and our spiritual growth. Everything in this world is spiritual, even the hard parts. So no matter what you're going through right now or what you've gone through in the past, you know now that you can be at peace and know that everything will be okay. Absolutely everything is going to be okay because everything is holy. Everything is divine. Everything is in its place. So when I look back on these incidences, I kind of laugh about it. It's hilarious. Like, are you serious right now? 
dude, you thought you were being cool? Like, I was supposedly the most important person in his life, right? And that's how he was treating me? Running up and down the stairs, working up a good sweat so that he could eat the chicken and feel like, and he could eat as much chicken as possible. As, like, seriously, tried to eat as fast as he could so he would get more pieces of chicken than me. I'm like, like, dude, are you, are you like in sixth grade right now? I've even met sixth graders that were more romantic, more respectful with a higher emotional intelligence quotient than he had. It was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. I just was like, dude, I just, you know, I started dating guys secretly, not having sexual relationships or anything like that. But I started, like, guys would ask me out and I'd say, look, I have a boyfriend, so nothing physical. I just need that kind of romantic connection. I wasn't getting it in my relationship. Looking back, I ought to have broken up with him pretty pretty much right away. The draining of my bank account incident should have been the clincher. That would have put me at roughly two and a half to three years in I could have cut my losses and, and ran, but, um, I was naive and I was young and I was a little scared. Maybe not. I think I was maybe 19. So I, I was like a year in when that happened. And if it wasn't for the fact that he had a dream that there were cockroaches throughout those boxes (laughs) and he, he left them like, like an in true asshole form left these 30 boxes of penthouses and playboys on the steps of a church that had a sign, leave your donations here. People had brought boxes of clothing and, and hats and shoes and God knows what else. And he brought 30 boxes of playboys and penthouses to the church and then he hid in the bushes across the street to watch the reaction of the pastor (laughs) we realized what happened I mean what an asshole right like what a low level bullshit human being he was when I look back and the only reason why I believed he wasn't that was because he kept talking about spiritual stuff looking back I realized now he was a spiritual narcissist and knowing what I know now, I will never be in that position again to be with another jerk like that. You know, and, and hopefully if you guys go back to my February's from the first and second season, um, I did a bunch of episodes on how never to be in these kinds of shitty situations with somebody just because when you recognize the science and you have your boundaries in place, but I learned so much. I'm not, grateful to the people necessarily, but I am grateful for the experiences that I had because now I know what I need. I know who I am. I know what I deserve and I know how to treat other people when I'm in a relationship or or the other person, you know, so in my next relationship, I will treat them really good. The moment they stop treating me good, I'm the hell out of there. Men are like buses. Another one comes along every 10 minutes. Women are like buses. Another one comes along every 10 minutes. You know, you don't have to be stuck. If you feel stuck, you don't have to be stuck. But be at peace. Know everything, everything, everything in your life, everything in your world, everything is going to 
100% turn out and be okay. Even if you break up, even if you divorce, even if you lose that job, there's always something bigger and brighter and better out there for you, waiting for you to get rid of this other bullshit situation so that you can step into the light and step in the higher vibration and the higher energy of that new thing. Maybe your car breaks down and it's just beyond repair and the insurance won't cover it. Now that means a new car is on its way. Or maybe a shiny new bicycle to help you get in shape while you save up for a new car. You know, maybe, you know, like what happened to me, all this stuff I had in storage, they, they auctioned all my stuff off without telling me that my card was declined and it was only declined because it had been stolen and I got a new card and I forgot that they were not using my bank account number. They were using my card and they failed to freaking mention it to me, which was against the law. And they stole hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of scripts and jewels and haunted jewelry. I had jewelry that was, Oh my God, you wouldn't believe I, I got jewelry from estates from witches that had run covens for 30 years. And every piece, every ring I had, had a new spell on it. I had a ring that was so, it was the ugliest ring. It was like, it was like a weird, um, a topaz. It was like shaped like, I swear to God, you guys it looked like a cockroach on a golden ring. It was so freaking ugly. It was a brown smoky quartz, but it was in the shape of a cockroach. It was the ugliest ring I ever saw, but they guaranteed it would bring male attention my way. And I thought I have to test this out. Just not that I was looking for anyone, but I thought I just was so intrigued by this weird little ugly ass ring. So I wore it once and I was at the time I had just given birth. I was like enormous. I, I had gained like 38 pounds during my pregnancy. It was insane. you know. And every time I wore that ring, I had men bending over backwards to get my car door for me or give me a discount at the butcher shop or like wherever I went. And when I left the ring at home, nothing crickets. And I thought, Oh, that's so weird. It was just, for me, it was a point of curiosity. I didn't give a shit about the results. I wasn't trying to trap anybody or whatever. I was just trying to, I'm like, is magic real? Hmm. (laughs) And in this case it was, Oh my God. I mean, I had probably 30 or 40 rings that in each one did something different. And I'm like, this is a fun life. What do I want today? What experience do I want today? You know, on the days my self-esteem was low or my confidence was low because it was when I was going through a divorce. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear that ugly ass ring. <laughs> See what happens. And then on other days I'd wear the confidence ring or the archangel ring or the, the, the mermaid ring or the mer, merman ring. I had all kinds of crazy rings. It was super fun, you know, but I lost all of that stuff. I had $60,000 worth of jewels, like loose gemstones that I was going to, um, auction off at the auction house in San Francisco when my kids were grown so that I could put them both through university. I lost all of it. I lost all of it. And it just broke my heart. And I had just weird stuff that I could have sold, like 
you know, I had a $200 vacuum. I could have sold for $400. Like, cause it was worth like 1800 when it was new. Like I had a lot of weird stuff like that. I had clothing that I could have sold for five or $10 more than I bought it for. Like, um, designer shit. Like I really had planned for 10 years to put my kids through college by selling off all my stuff, antique furniture. I mean, I had all kinds of stuff and when I lost it, it broke my heart. But I know now that even though it's sad, it was maybe for the best, like all my wedding pictures to my husband, I'm going to get married again someday and he's dead. Now it's sad. I don't have those pictures, but what would my next husband think if I had carrying around, you know, my first two marriage pictures from that? It's kind of weird. Now I don't have to make a decision. It was already made for me, right? So these bad things might end up being a blessing, you know, and my kids now have to work hard. They're going to learn the value of hard work instead of having it handed to them. My son, you guys, my son, God bless him. He bought his first car today. He doesn't even know how to drive. He, um, talked to the guys and had the money. He's like, come on over. I want to, I want to buy this car. They drove the car to him and he wanted to test drive it. And, um, he went to test drive it. He didn't know how to drive. And he was like, fuck it. I'm going to learn anyway. <laughs> right? And this is my son. This is, this is his personality. You know, you know, buy it now, learn later. Like he did the same thing. You know, when I bought him a bicycle, he saved up money that I was, you know, he, mom, could I have 20 bucks? Mom, could I have a hundred dollars? You know, whatever. And he would save up all of his money. And then he turned his bicycle into a beachy moto, like a motorized bicycle. And it was his own design. He created the whole thing. And then he learned how to ride it. And, and that's because I told him, no, you can't have a motorcycle. No, you can't have a moped. <laughs> I won't allow it. No, you can't have that kind of a, you know, scooter type of, you know, two wheel scooter, you know, motorcycle thing. No, because you might hurt yourself. So now he puts a motorcycle or like he made a, a little two stroke engine on his bicycle. It's hilarious. I'm like, okay, I couldn't say no. I'm like, you have to wear a fucking helmet. You're going to look like a moron wearing a motorcycle helmet on a bicycle, but I'm not allowing you to go anywhere without that helmet. And you know what? He did it though. He was like, you know what? That's cool. That's cool. So that was something that happened. You know, it was, it was, it, it is what it is. It was what it was. And now today he said, yeah, so, um, they, they brought the car to me to test drive and I went to, to uh, drive and I had to ask them questions on what to do. And then all of a sudden I was just driving. He was like, I made a couple mistakes, but I knew when to stop. I figured out the brakes and the pedals and I, he literally, my kids didn't go because we, they were raised in, you know, in South America. So we only had taxis <laughs> or skateboards or bicycles. We didn't have a car and they, you know, cause it's a carless existence down here. You know, I mean, we could have a car, but we just, we didn't need it. You know, <laughs> when it's only $3 to get to the store once a week, why bother paying all that money for a car? And so I'm so proud of him. My, my, my sweet little son, <laughs> And he's, he's 18. He's his own man. He made his money, paid his $1,200 for his first car. And he calls me. He's like, I'm not entirely certain that someone wasn't murdered in the back seat. I really feel like 
something bad might happen in this car. Why is it so cheap? And uh, then he's like looking and inspecting. He's like, I think there's blood back here. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared for him. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. It's, it's probably chocolate or food or something like hot sauce. It's not, he's like, I smelled it. It's not what I thought. (laughs) Thank God no one died in the car. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, he has such a morbid sense of humor like I do. So I don't know. He's the son of the angel of death. I guess that's to be expected, but he was very much, um, excited. I'm super happy for him. I probably shouldn't have pointed out they sold him the car on April Fool's Day. <laughs> but that's okay. He says, yeah, we'll get the paperwork done tomorrow. The guy was too busy. He So he dropped off the car. I gave him the money. We'll take care of the paperwork tomorrow. I'm like, I hope so. But, you know, he's like, yeah, eventually I'll go to driver's ed and eventually I'll get my driver's license. <laughs> oh, my God. But he's like, in the meantime, I have something to get to work and back. And his work is like... I don't know, like a mile from where he lives. So it's not, the risk isn't that big of a deal, but I'm just like, you don't need a commercial license because you're not using your car commercially to make money. You're using it to go to work and back. It's technically the law. Nobody knows the law, but the law is you don't even need a driver's license. Did you guys know that? I don't want to get anyone in trouble here, but it's true. You don't really need a license because... You know, if you know the law and you could quote the law, <laughs> keep a copy of the law in the glove compartment, then you're fine. You can even put a Bible on your front seat or a Quran and say you're an ordained minister and you're ministering to people with the car and there's a separation of church and state and the state has no right to interfere what you do with your car when you are a part of the church or a clergy member. That's another part of the law that... There's like these weird little legal loopholes. I raised my kids to know this stuff. So (laughs) my son's like, okay, well, all right. Until I could get everything more seemingly legitimate, (laughs) legitimized. And the more I learn how to drive a car, I'm like, there's YouTube videos. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to watch a lot of YouTube videos on how to actually drive. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. So I'm going to have to, um, have a few conversations about things <laughs> with my son. I just told him the number one rule in the Bay Area is to look where you're parking because it might be street cleaning day and you'll get fined and or towed and or impounded <laughs> and or in trouble for not having insurance or, of course, a driver's license, <laughs> let alone registration and, you know, the actual paperwork, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, if you guys find it in your heart to say prayers of protection and love and light to my son, he's really working his butt off in his new job. And he, it looks like he's going to get a second job. So he's going to be working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because he's going to put himself through culinary school. And, you know, I feel like if my, if my stuff had not been stolen and I'd gone back to California to start auctioning off everything, it's possible that maybe he would have felt privileged and maybe too spoiled and he might have ended up being lazy. But as it is now, look at how hard he's working. 
he's such a good son and you know he's doing so good we can't live together we don't get along enough to live together but but I'm so proud I'm so proud of him you know I just my very first car was $400 and held together by rust and was missing a window <laughs> and I had to keep filling the, the tire up with air you know, and I, I was pretty certain that it wasn't even worth it to buy a tire for this thing because it was on its last legs. And most of the time I'd look at my, my brand new kick-ass gorgeous bicycle and I, then I'd look at that old-ass Toyota and I'd be like, I'm going to bike today. And I biked almost every day. Only on the rainy days did I take the crappy car. <laughs> they could never find a parking space. It's such a pain in the ass. But... um Anyway, so I, I'm I'm uh, feeling grateful even for the bad and scary things that happen to me, and I hope that by now you are too. I know that no one's um, stories are even remotely as insane as mine are. So, especially about the relationship issues I told you guys just now about my first relationship, I was just so naive. I thought, well, every guy does this, so. He told me every guy does this, so I believed him. I was so naive. I believed everything he told me. And now I'm not naive. And now, <laughs> I, maybe a little I am, but <laughs> hope springs eternal. But um, anyway, I, um, I I just wanted to break that up because a lot of us will wallow and feel sad for ourselves that we went through these horrible experiences and we're never going to find anyone again that's better. But we do. We will. We'll look back over everything and go, well, I kind of didn't like that he refused to cook with me. I like cooking with someone. Next one, next person I'm with, they better like to cook. Or, you know, I, I, I don't like the lack of romance. Or, you know, maybe I'd like to read books silently together. That In my last relationship with my husband, my my second husband, he, he, he and I would sit together for two or three hours every morning while drinking our coffee we'd each have a book in our hand and it was silence just silence just time to read we'd open up a window in the summertime listen to the birds outside and read our books it was perfect I mean we're <laughs> you know it was per- I'm an introvert for me it was perfect and then um, at lunchtime we would make lunch together or we would take turns making lunch for each other and the kids and then we'd all sit together as a family and discuss the books we were reading. Wow, such a perfect life. It was really wonderful, you know? And so when I look at that, I'm like, well, I hope something or some kind of version of that it doesn't have to be the same thing, but that would be nice to have that in my next relationship. I want a guy who reads or who cares about knowledge, learning stuff, wants to watch documentaries with me or or um, look up things together to talk about. That would be cool. You know, I don't want a, um, someone who doesn't own a book and, you know, unless it was a gift, you know. <laughs> I, I have met people like that. It, it freaks me out. How could you go through life without, without having a book? Like today I was cleaning up my, um, I had a cluttery mess on my table in my dining room and I had three books I'm reading right now <laughs> and I'm not even trying to read books right now and they're there. I don't know. I just, but I, I, I would like to have somebody who likes to read, um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I don't care. It's interesting. 
it's all interesting. So, um, anyway, I, uh, I just wanted to bring that up. I want you guys to know, no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter how bad it looks right now, be at peace and know everything is going to be okay. So let's go to spaceweather.com. Let's switch our gears. <laughs> uh, try not to think about my son switching his gears. I hope it's an automatic. I don't think he, I don't know if he told me or not. <sighs> oh, I wish I was there to help him with this and teach him to drive and help him get his hours. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I'm now wishing I was in California so I could help him out, but yeah, he's going to do it. He's stubborn like that. You know, I, he, this is the same little boy that when he was six years old, his dad bought him a guitar for Christmas and he said, mom, I want to start making my own money and having my own stuff and paying my own way in life. Six years old. And I said, how are you going to do that? <clears throat> he says, well, I've seen guys <coughs> hang out you know, on street corners or in front of grocery stores or whatever, playing their guitars with a cup and people put money in the cup. So I want to do that. I've got a guitar. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, put on some cologne. I bought him cologne cause he asked me for cologne. <laughs> so he puts on cologne and he gets dressed up and he get, grabs his guitar. And I'm like, well, you know, you don't know how to play the guitars. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, that's okay. I'm going to learn while I'm there. I'm like, okay. And so we get over there and he gets all situated and he, he's all looking all spiffy and he goes out you guys need to get away from me. Go look over there. You know, like you're not with me. Cause I have to do this as a man, six years old. I'm like, okay, fine. And then he, uh, strums a guitar once and he started looking around and he opened his mouth to sing and he realized I don't know how to play guitar. I don't know any songs. I look like a freaking moron. What the hell was I thinking? And he got tears in his eyes. He's like, mom, can you open the car? Can you, can we just put this away right now <laughs> until I can learn to play guitar? What was I thinking? I'm like, that's what I told you. What were you thinking? You have to, you're putting the cart before the horse, but the horse has to come before the cart to pull the cart. You have to learn how to play guitar before you can make money playing guitar. You have to learn the songs. Got to learn the notes for both singing and, and playing guitar. And he's like, oh man, I didn't think about all that. And this is, here's my son again. He bought a car today and today was the first day he ever drove a car. <laughs> oh God. Gotta love a Libra. Huh? Such a sweet heart. God bless him. That he's going to do it. He's motivated. He's highly motivated. So I know he's going to do okay. He almost, you guys, he almost bought a restaurant here in Cuenca. He's going to ask me for $300 to open up his own restaurant. $300 for the first month's rent. He found the location. He's like, I'm going to have a restaurant. I'm like, where are you going to serve? He's like, it doesn't matter. It's a restaurant. I'm like, what are you going to serve? And we had a fight. And then the next day he's like, I don't know what I'm going to serve. <laughs> I'm like, then you can't have the money. He's like, yeah, right. Okay. That, that, that fair enough. I'm like, what about, what about the equipment? Oh yeah. Right. Fair enough. Don't have the equipment. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Like what, what's the menu like? Oh, right. There you go. I don't know either. 
<laughs> this is my kid. Oh my God. I love how he's raring to go though. I'm so proud of him. Anyway, I'm not going to brag on my kid anymore, but just you guys, if you have it in your heart to send him love and light and positive protection energy and, uh, he's going to be okay, but just, man, (laughs) Oh God. Anyway, and here on, on his father's birthday too. So it's maybe it's good luck. It's maybe good luck. April fool's day. I always called his dad, my April fool. (laughs) And he liked that because the fool card in the tarot was his favorite one. So there you go. Anyway, let's go to spaceweather.com. It took me a couple minutes to get here, but we're here now. I don't know about you guys, but earlier today, I would say about eight hours ago, I felt intense energy coming from the sun. I think we had a quick little uh, solar wind hit us. However, um, there's no mention at all on spaceweather.com, but the sun got extremely bright I could barely um, see when I was outside today it was like wow it, it just felt like that it was flowing and I felt the energy in me so maybe it happened maybe they mentioned it and then maybe they quickly um, stopped mentioning it when it stopped I don't know but all I know is the current solar wind speed is 357.7 kilometers per second, which does not at all point to the fact that there was solar wind. It literally looks like it wasn't. So maybe I'm wrong. It just, the, the sun felt extra bright today. So I don't know. Um, there is absolutely no sunspots. The sun is blank. There is a gorgeous wild picture that was taken of the Icelandic volcano that is going up (laughs) in flames and smoke and fire and lava right next to the Aurora Borealis. It is a surreal landscape picture today. If you want to check it out, it's on spaceweather.com. And below that, one of the most romantic pictures, speaking of lovely romance, and this is hilarious. I just noticed there's, okay, <laughs> there's an advertisement to the right of a golden moon, or maybe it's a sun, and there's a man holding onto a leash that's tied to a camel, and it says Marrakesh Desert Trips, and directly across from there, there's this beautiful romantic picture. It looks almost identical, but the silhouette is of a man stepping a, fi- a picture of him down on one knee proposing to his now fiance, God bless him. <laughs> she said yes, but he, um, this is a photographer. He planned his sh- shot ahead of time and he spent weeks um, carefully planning the selfie of himself proposing marriage to his sweetheart. He said, I left nothing to chance. I calculated the position of the moonrise for a few months and I performed tests. Oftentimes I had problems with small clouds on the horizon, so I had to wait for clear skies, always checking the weather forecast. And finally, on March 29th, it all came together. I found a small hill, positioned the camera about 350 meters away, and I started filming. And I had to run because I had to appear in the picture too. 
aw. And she said yes. Aw. So planning, planning pays off after all. And this picture is kind of ridiculous next to the Marrakesh desert trips. And if you see spaceweather.com, you're going to get a good chuckle out of that. But this picture is so romantic. I swear to God. I know they're going to have this in their house in a prominent position once they get married. It's so beautiful. The moon is full and bright and blood red. It's eerie and intense. And it looks like art people made up. I mean, this is an actual photograph, but this is like something someone would composite. And I don't know, you got to see it. It's it's pretty cool. Vladut Mihai is the man who is a photographer and took this picture and yay. So God bless them. I hope they have a beautiful wedding and a wonderful marriage. Um, the cosmic radiation that is coming down, um, the, from the Ulu neutron counts as they measure them in Ulu, Finland at the university there. Um, there's been a a 0.2%, um, change in the upward direction we're at 9.9%, which is high. It's pretty much the same as where we're at yesterday. So we are having some radiation hit us. The Aurora Oval um, is almost touching the Minnesota portion of the United States, but not quite. So if you're in the States, you're not going to see any Aurora Borealis right now. But if you're in Canada, almost all of Canada is seeing it. Except, sorry to say, Cosmic Threader, I don't see uh, British Columbia being inside that Aurora Oval, unfortunately. Um, According to the Corona Hole News, (laughs) a weak stream of solar wind is flowing from the Corona Hole in the sun, which will reach Earth on the 4th of April. Now, this we might get another stream today though. So, and then also in two days again over the weekend, according to NASA's all sky cameras and the all sky fireball network, uh, there were 18 fireballs reported over the United States today. They were all sporadic going to Schumann resonance news and disclosure news.it. The um, Schumann resonance coming out of there is only 24 hertz frequency, so it's not a lot to be too excited about. And then when I go to the news from heartmath.org, we've got Tuesday, March 30th at the 2300 hour. All the numbers have gone down. Things have calmed down quite a bit, and this is what the numbers are in California. They were at 47 hertz frequency. Hofuf, Saudi Arabia is still at zero. Lithuania was at 78 hertz frequency. And Alberta, Canada was at 67 hertz frequency. Northland, New Zealand was at 197 hertz frequency. And that's coming down from just a couple hours before they were at 200 and looks like 218 Oh no, even before that, at the 1500 hour, they were at 223 hertz frequency. So they did come quite a bit farther down by the 2300 hour on on Tuesday. But at so they were at 197 at last count. 
And last but not least, Hulului, South Africa, well, has gone down considerably at 86 hertz frequency. And that came down the same day from 207. So they went all the way down to 86. That's crazy. I'm not, I'm sorry, not 207, 127. So there you go. Um, That's all she wrote for right now, guys. When I come back, I'm going to do um, and the rest of the episode on levels of consciousness and the hierarchy of needs. I have talked about this before, but I wanted to kind of put it into a different perspective. This is the first time I did this was two years ago. And I didn't do the same exact thing. Um, So I found some new information from Barrett Academy on the levels of consciousness. I mentioned this last week briefly, but I wanted to go into it a little bit more. So we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about the levels of consciousness and how it relates to spirituality right after this. guys I'm gonna try to go through uh, three levels of or three different systems that talk about the levels of consciousness and this is kind of the counterpart to the last conversation we had about spirituality and consciousness and if I had had enough time these are the things I was gonna go over Um, but the last, you know, it just, we didn't have enough time to cover it. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the first thing we did talk about this before. Um, I think in the first season, but we're going to quickly go over that and then we'll get through the Barrett Academy and also then get to the Dr. David Hawkins scale. And I just think it's important sometimes to Uh, figure out what consciousness is and where we're at in it. (laughs) And it will also give us a, a, a vantage point that will help us to see where our relatives, our friends, our neighbors, people we meet, like once you know this stuff really, really well, you could just like look at someone and go, well, you're in this part of consciousness. And that's okay. You know, you just send them love and light. They will eventually move up through uh, the other levels of consciousness. But you could see where people are at with what they're going through. And you're going to know where their consciousness is at. Now, sometimes if your uh, livelihood is threatened, you might go down in consciousness temporarily. Or you might still have elements of all of the levels of consciousness but there's various, um, components to this. There's layers upon layers. So we're going to get to the first one now. And this is, um, Abraham, uh, Maslow. He was a psychologist and he was talking about basically our levels of, um, things that we need. It's, this is the hierarchy of needs. 
So at the very basic, imagine there's like a, a, a pyramid, you know, or a triangle. And at the very bottom, the biggest section, you cut that up into one, two, three, four, five sections. And so it's like an um, equilateral triangle. Cut that up like in five sections with uh, horizontal lines. And at the very bottom, the very basic needs that every human being on the planet, this is what we all need. And we all need it to the level that it's the most important. That's why it's such a big section of the pyramid or the triangle. Okay. So at the very basic, basic needs that you and I and everyone on the planet has is physiological needs. So this is like the most basic level of consciousness. We all have to breathe. We have to have clean air or the ability to have some sort of, um, ability. Like I have asthma. So for me, breathing is like the most important and is a basic level need. I have to take my inhaler in order to breathe when my lungs get, um, uh, inflamed. So, uh, so like that's a basic need, right? Food. We have to eat no matter what we're eating, whether we're vegan, vegetarian, or we eat meat or whatever we can get our hands on, <laughs> you know, food is very basic. It's a very basic need. Water is a very basic need. Most of the people in the world do not have access to clean water. And that's why a lot of times if you go to super poor countries, you'll think, wow, people don't have a very high level of, of thinking or like high consciousness as far as spirituality and creativity. Although sometimes you, you'll find a conundrum where they might not have the basics, but boy, they're really good at art and music. You know, like you'll, you'll see that there's like sometimes conundrums and sometimes people are just trying to struggle for that survival. So you have to have a level of compassion and understanding about what is happening before your eyes when you, uh, travel. Cause it's, it's quite shocking. when I went to Guatemala, it was quite shocking for me, um, to see at the very basic level when people were so scared and struggling and thinking they might not make enough money. You know, I mean, there's this little girl that I was buying bread from and her bread was terrible. Like the, most of the bread was good. But then when you get to the point where in the center of the bread, instead of a raisin surprise, you're going to see a fly. <laughs> there was fly surprise in the bread. Sometimes there was pieces of a bamboo shoot. Um, one time my, my daughter found a rock in her bread. It was terrible. We're like, what kind of primitive conditions where they probably live in a little hut and they probably have like a dirt floor. And she was always so desperate. She would, this little girl asked everybody in town where we lived because we were nice to her and she would track us down where we were eating breakfast or lunch. She would come to our hotel and beg us to buy this crappy bread every day. And the bread itself, I mean, some days it tasted really good. It was coconut bread and it was sweet and it was, it was good. It was teeny tiny loaves and they were about maybe 50 cents to a dollar each. And she expected, I mean, that I'm going to spend $90 
on her bread and, you know, <laughs> you know, risk eating a fly, <laughs> risk breaking my tooth on a rock. I mean, her bread, I think she might've made it herself. And I finally just had to tell her, I can't eat your bread every day. I can't afford to have your bread every day, but I will do my best to help you. And my kids were like, Ugh, let's just buy our bread. And sometimes what we would do is we'd buy her bread and go around the corner to find somebody who was begging for money because they had no skills or ability to make bread for money. And then we would just give them the free bread, you know, <laughs> like we buy the bread from the one and give to the other. And then everybody was a win, win, win. Cause we didn't have to eat the bread. <laughs> but, um, a lot of people are in that situation where food and water, you know, and then when you get, um, as a young adult, you know, then uh, along your, with those basic needs, the other basic needs include, um, sex, you know, you want to have some kind of human contact, right? And it's just at the very basic level of sex, just raw animal, pure go for it, baby type of sex, right? And then also homeostasis, your body temperature. It's a very basic need that we have the ability to stay warm when it's cold or to cool off when it's hot. We also have the very basic need of having a decent a place to use the bathroom. You know, even if we live in the middle of nowhere and don't have like plumbing, excretion is something that happens. It happens to everybody. And the very basic level, we need to be able to take care of our bodies at that level. You know, um, washing our bodies, that includes the water. So besides drinking water, we also have the very basic level of having to uh, take care of um, keeping our bodies clean, our teeth brushed, our hair uh, clean and all that. So that's the very basic, uh, needs that, I mean, all humans need these things, but that's the very basic level. And in a very basic way, that's the first level of consciousness. As soon as we recognize that these are the things that we need, you know, back in the caveman days or whenever humans emerged from the primordial ooze, when, as soon as we realized we needed these things, that was the first level of consciousness, according to this. And the next level of consciousness is after we have those things, we have to make sure we're able to maintain and hold on and keep these things. So we need safety. We need to put safety measures in place. We need to make sure that we have security in our bodies and that our family is secure as well. And then that eventually will extend out to friends and neighbors when you feel like the community needs to be safe, but not quite yet. Do we think about it? The next level, you know, after the basics is safety, security of body. And then also when we have jobs, we have to make sure now that we have the job that pays for the food, the water, <laughs> the inhaler for breathing and all that normal stuff, we, you know, and also pays for an apartment <laughs> so we can have the sex that we needed, right? And the homeostasis environment is taken care of. We have to make sure that we have security in our employment, that we can keep paying for the most basic of needs. And then we have to make sure we have safety and security of our resources that anything that we get, we get to keep and maintain 
You know, so if we get to the level where we buy a car, we now have to make sure that we have to protect that car so that we can protect ourselves so that we can continue to have the very basic stuff. So then, um, in that level also is morality, the basic morality. Like, I don't want you having sex with my person I'm having sex with. So we want to protect that person too, you know? So that's a, that's like the next level, right? So that's part of the basis of the morality though. It's like the animal base level sex needs, um, includes taking care of the person you're doing the deed with. Also, you have to take care of your family and you have to continue to maintain your health and you also want to maintain your property. So, you know, you want to make sure with the health, you have to buy your medicine and healthy food. You have to make sure you have enough money to take care of all of those basic needs that are above. They're like one level above the very basic needs. You know, you just like the very first level, you got to get that food. But then the second level is, well, we better make it healthy food. You know, in the first level, you're not thinking healthy food. You're just thinking food, you know, potato chips is food versus no food, right? You know, but when you get to the health level food, that's the next level of consciousness. And that's what we need in our, you know, in this hierarchy. Then the next rung up is the third from the bottom, right in the middle. And this is when we decide we don't just need sex doing the deed. We want sexual intimacy. We want to be able to have love. We want to feel like we belong to that other person. They belong to us. We belong together and we're here fighting in this great big scary world together. We're doing it together as a couple. There's like a partnership, you know, we're, we're feeling like we're doing this together. We're in this together. This includes our friendships, our families as well. And this includes our extended families as well. So that becomes the next level of need. We have to know that we're loved by our family. We're wanted by our family. We're, um, able to make and, and maintain, uh, friendships. And also the sex is enhanced in the way that it's not just bam, 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 but rather, you know, the cuddling afterwards and the talking before, and this, this part of the sexual intimacy includes, um, you know, the inner workings of your mind and what you want on all of the levels, including the love level. And it also includes, um, Oh, I had it in the tip of my brain. It's like there was something else there, but anyway, instead of just doing the quick, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Maybe I'll see you next week sort of thing. Now it's, we're together. We're a couple, we're bonded. This is it. You know, that sexual intimacy includes, um, you know, the cuddling and the pillow talk and the soft, you know, sweet sexual, innuendos and the sensuality comes in. And so that's like the next level, like, you know, and then after you have that in your life, you don't ever want to go back to the other kind. You just, you're kind of like, well, now we're at, um, a level in our lives where that sexual intimacy becomes extremely important. You have to relate to the person. They have to relate to you. They have to actually care about you and you have to care about them. And 
it's, it, it becomes as natural as breathing, you know, instead of the, you know, five minute, you don't care what they even look like. Do they even have a face? I don't know. <laughs> you know, then you get to that point where after you love somebody and you've made love instead of just sex, now you're like, ah, that's elevated as a level of consciousness that elevates you. And then after that, then you start looking into things like, huh, I think maybe my self-esteem needs to, to be improved. My levels of confidence need to be boosted. You know, esteem is the next level. Achievements become more important now that we have all the other things in place. And then we start realizing I need to be respected by others, but I also need to respect others. And when you start thinking about things like respect, then you're like, you get to a point where you're like, ah, well, that is the next level for sure. That's the next level. And after you realize, okay, I am respected member of my community, my family, my friends, my partner respects me. I respect them. I feel confident. I have esteem. I've a, I'm able to make achievements. I could graduate, you know, from school or I could take classes and I can achieve. I can make those certifications. I can achieve. I can go up, up, up. I'm boosting myself. And as I'm boosting myself, I'm lifting others. As others boost themselves, they're lifting me. Our boats are all rising on the same ocean together. And then you get to the very highest level in this model, which is complete and total self actualization. You start with this. Okay. But it's a different level of morality where as before it's family values and the morality is based on what other people tell you like religion. That's the second level of consciousness. Now at this level, the morality becomes quite a bit more intense. Like you're, you start to realize you have a need to not only protect you, you know, it's not about just protecting your family values based on the Bible or the Quran or your religion. You start realizing there's a higher morality here. I need to realize that my dog and my cat, they have consciousness and nature has rights, you know, like there's a higher level to the morality. I don't need to just take care of my family and friends. And that's my moral, you know, protecting my family is not my only, um, center of morality. Your morality comes so great that you need to protect others as well. You need to love everybody. You need to feel like everyone in their, um, in whatever stage they're at, they deserve basic love and respect also. And the morality comes so that you do give your bread away. You do help others. You do give them emotional support or financial support or whatever it takes to make sure that you're boosting not only your own morality, but the morality of others. Cause that's more important at the highest level of sec of self actualization. And then you also start to, uh, um, admire the ideas of problem solving, spontaneity, creativity, and then you start to have a lack of prejudice. And in fact, you start to accept others completely. 
you start to accept um, facts as they are and you start to realize you need more art you need more music that becomes your next level needs that music that art the, the, the paintings the sculptures the freedom of expression creativity dance when you reach that level you are truly wealthy and you are wealthy in the highest level of consciousness as far as your needs are concerned now i'm going to read you guys from this website barrettacademy.com levels of consciousness now i went over these really quickly um at the very end of my spirituality and consciousness episode and i think we have time to go through that again just to refresh your memory so there's they call it stages of development and the levels of consciousness so um at the first uh, point it says um stages of development and then the level of consciousness and then the positive values it gives you and the potentially limiting values it gives you so we'll start at the bottom here and it says surviving is um the first level of consciousness just basic survival again and uh that is the only thing on your mind at that first level of consciousness now the positive values that comes out of this level of consciousness is survival health physical fitness nutrition financial stability so that kind of combines the maslow's hierarchy of needs you know the first two levels kind of combined there um so if you're going to compare the two and then the um uh the potentially limiting values of the very basic survival instinct is control manipulation greed and caution and that's at the very basic now if you've ever met people who are just only operating from that survival mode that first chakra mode i mean they're trying to control everything in their life to hold on to what they have they're manipulating others to get more they are greedy because they're so scared they don't have enough and they feel that level of caution like we need to freaking protect what little we have it might be little but it's precious little to us and then you go to the next level up so that's a basic survival mode and the next level up in consciousness um on this uh scale is conforming that is the next stage of development is a conforming stage so the first stage of development is surviving and the first level of consciousness is survival the second level of consciousness is relationships and that stage of development is the conforming you can't be in a relationship unless you conform to the basic tenets of society and you all have to agree on the same level of conforming <laughs> you know being a part of the norm so now at this level the second level up um what we see in the positive values that comes out of the stage of development and this level of consciousness is safety say and and family friendships and the sense of belonging 
and harmony. So if you conform as a stage of development, you get along with others, you, you find more friends and you get along better with your family and you feel safer and that relationships, um, level you start to, it's beyond yourself. Survival is a point of self relationships is a point of other. So now you're looking at the consciousness level of self versus other. Then we, the, we look at the level of, um, I'm sorry, the, 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 the potentially limiting values of the second level. If you're stuck in the second level of consciousness, what, what the limiting values there are is you, because of the conformative idea where you want to conform into society, you're worried about being liked social media. You want to get those hearts, baby, get those likes, you know, and especially like if you're not even trying to build a business or something and you just want those likes just to have likes in general, that's just because you want to conform, have friends and prove your worth and your value, not only to yourself, but to others that's still very heavily tied in with that, um, uh, that connection of you to the group. So being liked blame, jealousy, and revenge that comes out of that second level, that stage of development of conforming and the second level of, um, consciousness. So if you meet someone who's constantly jealous, they're worried about being liked, they're always trying to fit into the norm and trying to conform. And, uh, then they're blaming others when they don't quite fit that mold or fit into that box that they're constructing for themselves. And when they want to get revenge on other people for calling them out for being different, that's where you find that only they're still stuck in that conformity, that second level of consciousness and stage of development. Now the next stage of development is differentiating and the uh, level of consciousness is self-esteem. You start realizing maybe it's okay to be weird a little bit or a lot bit, depending on who you are. Maybe I don't need to conform with society. Fuck society, man. <laughs> okay. Fuck society. Not exactly a level of development, <laughs> maybe in my world, but <laughs> maybe in your world too. So differentiating is the stage of development. Self-esteem is therefore the level of consciousness of the third one up basically. Now the positive values that come out of this self-esteem level of consciousness is security. When you have self-esteem and you know who you are, regardless of the norms, you feel a sense of self and a sense of security that's more positive and vibrant than the other levels of consciousness. There's a recognition. You recognize others for their individuality and uniqueness, as well as recognizing yourself. Also, you come into a level of positive self image and your self esteem is boosted. And now you have more confidence. You can just be who you are. I mean, so what, what other people think if they conform to you, then they could be your friends. If they don't, well, they've got plenty of other people that are stuck in level two, <laughs> but you know, Hey, we're, we're up here in level three right now. 
<laughs> now the potentially limiting values of the level three, when you're stuck in level three, well, there could be the arrogance. There could be the pride that might even lead to hubris or narcissism in the worst case scenario. Also can lead to conceit superiority. You feel like you're better than all the other people who are still conforming or still stuck in survival mode. You might feel like you're better than them. That level of superiority. That's the negative downplay of this. Also discrimination. Yeah, well I'm here and you're just there. You're in the greedy, cautious, controlling, manipulating thing. And well, you're in stuck in the first level of consciousness. Look at me. I'm up here. I'm in level three, you know, it's life's not a video game, even though sometimes it feels like it. And so you have to understand that wherever you are and there's people that are going to be on, on the lower rungs. That's okay. You were there too. We're all there. You know, that's like when you run into someone who's shopping at Kmart for their clothes and they find you in the clothes section too. Why should you be embarrassed? They're also there. (laughs) It's like mutual destruction socially. I'm just kidding. Sorry if you own Kmart. Anyway, (laughs) it's it's a funny story I told a few uh, months ago about the blue light specials when I was a kid. Anyway, uh, so then the next level of consciousness, the next uh, stage of development is individuating and the level of consciousness the fourth level of consciousness is transformation and the positive values that come out of that are freedom autonomy accountability where you're really truly taking responsibility not only for your person but for, and for your family, but now for your life and all of your choices and you do what you say you're going to do. That's when all of this, um, starts to come into play, you know, this level, you know, having accountability. Well, I said, I was going to do this. Well, but maybe I better have someone else help me with that. I'll help them too. We said we're going to lose weight. We said we're going to eat great. We said we're going to have a salad every day or work out every day or follow this diet plan every day. Whatever it is, do extra oxy-sized breathing techniques, which, by the way, work. Look up oxy-sized. Seriously, you could probably find it used on eBay by now. One of the coolest programs I've ever been a part of, just breathing. <laughs> breathing in a very specific way, though, and you can lose weight through the oxygen that you consume. It's pretty neat. Anyway. Um, so accountability, adaptability, you start to adapt to your environment and you're also stuck, no longer stuck in the conformity and barely able to differentiate between you yourself and others in the individuating. You're like, I'm me. I have courage. Now I can move forward to do my own thing. And that my friends, that's personal growth. Now, what are the potentially limiting values at level four? It's not even applicable. There is no more limits. In fact, in level four, five, six, and seven, no more limiting values. So once you hit that freedom, accountability, adaptability, autonomy, courage, and personal growth, um, 
positive values, you, you don't have anything else that will hold you back because you have been transformed. And after individuating and transformation, we go to level five, which is self-actualizing and it, which is a self stage of development. And the level of consciousness is internal cohesion. So the positive values of internal cohesion as your level of consciousness is honesty, trust, creativity, integrity. You say you're going to do something. You don't need no longer need an outside source. You don't need an alarm to remind you or someone else to keep, keep track of you. You're, you have integrity and it's pure. You say, I will be there at five o'clock. You're there at four 55 because you want to be early. Cause you want to make sure you're there at five. You, you do what you say you're going to do. And the universe bends to your will. Authenticity. You're authentic. You don't have to put on airs or hide behind a mask any longer. You're just your authentic self. Your life has meaning and you allow others to view their own meaning through your life. Internal alignment. You no longer care about getting likes on social media. You don't care about getting that, um, you know, the, the power of the almighty (laughs) cords of people following you. You don't care. What you care about is being who you genuinely are, your authentic self being aligned internally with who you are. The next level is integrating is the stage of development is integrating and the level of consciousness is level six and it's making a difference. So after you're cohesive internally with yourself and you are genuine, now you're making a difference in the world, baby, your positive values that come out of this level of thinking is collaboration, empathy, intuition, and you start to mentor others or teach other people what you've learned, how far you've come and what you've grown, how, in what ways have you grown? And you teach all the other people to come on up out of that from survival mode on up. You partner up with other people. You form alliances. You make a difference. And after you start making a difference and that would be, Like, well, how would that look at that level of consciousness would be, I'm contributing to society in a way that I'm contributing money to open up a new hospital wing or to break ground on a new library where all the school kids at a school might, you know, benefit, you know, that's making a difference. But then when you get to the next level, the next and final stage of development It's called serving. That's the stage of development. After integrating, the stage of development is serving. And after the level of consciousness of making a difference, you hop up to the final level of consciousness, which is service. And the positive values that come out of this is compassion for other people, forgiveness for all those who hurt you before, forgiving life for not giving you the bed of roses you wished for and you were stuck among the thorns (laughs) forgiving yourself for not being uh, faster at this stuff (laughs) forgiving yourself for not 
accepting yourself in the past, forgiving others, accepting others in a way that you just forgive them for everything they've done. And remember, you don't have to bring people over to your house for Thanksgiving because you forgave them. If you still don't get along, that's okay. Wish them well. Send them a card. They don't, but it doesn't have to be an invitation, right? Or you don't even have to send a card. Just wish them well secretly. <laughs> but what comes in this, the positive values that comes out of service, the level of consciousness of service, compassion, forgiveness, humility. You learn to be completely humble. You're so grateful for everything that comes your way. Like, my God, I've come so far and I'm so grateful that I'm here and I'm so happy I can share my knowledge with you guys. You become like one with the energy of the contribution that you make. You're just here to serve nothing else. Your level of consciousness is just service and you want to help future generations, not just yourself, your friends, your partner, your family, your community. Now you want to think about all the people that are going to come in your future, even long after you're gone, what will your contribution to all of it, to society, what will your consciousness leave behind when your consciousness is no longer on the planet? Now, the next system, now that system was, uh, let me say, I don't think they have a name. Uh, Ruth Steinholz is the founder of uh, this, I think, but I'm not sure. It says of artwork. LLP, but it doesn't really say, I guess it's just a book they were saying. So this might be from her book. I'm not sure the levels of consciousness. There's a lot more, uh, to it. If you want to look it up, barrettacademy.com forward slash levels of consciousness. There's a dash between the last three words there. Um, so it, it, it describes these even further, but it looks like we probably don't have enough time again. <laughs> it's so intense. It's like a little table. And then below that, it's a lot of explanation. So now there's another way of looking at consciousness. And this one's very wild and amazing. And it's comes from the book power versus force by Dr. David Hawking's God rest his soul. He was an incredible person. I don't agree with all of the things that he has calibrated the numbers he's calibrated. If you know who he is, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm going to explain it in just a second. So who was Dr. David Hawkins? Um, David R. Hawkins, MD, PhD, was a nationally renowned psychiatrist, physician, researcher, spiritual teacher, and lecturer who, after years of research in the area of consciousness, developed what is called the map of consciousness. Now this map will distinguish between creative energy and destructive energy. And so you notice that with each progressive rise in consciousness, the frequency or the vibration of energy increases. 
love that resonates at a level of 500 will dissolve all negativity. Dr. Hawkins argued that the higher the consciousness, um, that higher consciousness radiates a beneficial and healing effect on the world. So of course, now that we know that we want to obviously strive for it, right? This is, uh, found on many different places, but I'm reading this from damselfly lessons along the way.com. And it's increasing your self love quotient is what she names this page or damselfly lessons along the way. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to read to you, not from her article, but from her, um, from the map of consciousness that isn't hers. It's just from power versus force. I just liked the color that she used the way that she made this one. So, um, all right. Um, so the basic most, um, lowest level of consciousness, I would have to say, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight levels of consciousness that are destructive energy, complete destructive energy. So this is, um, the opposite of expansive. It's constricted. Okay. It is, um, uh, yeah, I guess constrictive. That would be the only word or constricted. So the constricted energy, this is the lowest possible level of human consciousness would calibrate at the number of 20 and that's shame feeling humiliated. Now this is different than having humility and being grateful and humble that God has given you so much. Humiliation is when you feel super, super embarrassed beyond embarrassed when you feel miserable and humiliated and that level of shame is just when you just feel so ashamed in the first half. And I'd for, I didn't know I was going to be talking about this right now, but remember what I said in the first half of my boyfriend who had this thing where he wanted to masturbate to every magazine. It was so embarrassing. I was humiliated. I felt shame. I mean, this is what level of consciousness he forced me into and, and I forced myself into by being in cahoots with him in the way that I still wanted to be his girlfriend. And I felt so embarrassed. I could not have any of my friends over because it was in the living room, 30 boxes of dirty magazines, like the shame that I felt and how humiliated and the fact that every woman in every magazine was perfect in perfect condition physically. And here I was still struggling with weight issues. Like that was so wrong for him to put me in that situation. And it was so wrong for me to accept that about myself. I take responsibility now, but back then, oh my God. So that's the lowest level on the rung, that shame and feeling miserable and being humiliated. That is level 20. And now this is a consciousness scale that goes all the way up to a thousand. All right. So 20 is the lowest of the low 
if you calibrate this with a pendulum or with muscle testing and something calibrates at 20, you know, because there's shame involved, there's humiliation and just miserableness involved. But now the next one up calibrates at 30. This is still destructive energy. This is guilt, very yucky energy. And this is where uh, victimhood and blame come from. So you could see between these three models of consciousness, levels of consciousness, where they all kind of tie in together, that blame, that victimhood, whether you were a victim automatically, you know, it's just something about you. Like there's like a spiritual kick me sign in invisible ink on your back. Or if you're literally just like, Oh, poor me. woe is me? La la la. I'm so, you know, whatever. Um, I, I had a client that never got out of this level. She's still there. She posts on Facebook all the time saying, I'm homeless. This has happened to me. All these people hate me. They're always against me. All these terrible things. I just want to let you guys know, you know, it's like so sad and I love her so much. And I sent her so much energy over the years and she never got out of that, you know, so God bless her. She'll come up. She'll come up when she's ready in consciousness, but that shame and that guilt, that victimhood, like, Oh, woe is me. I can't live with that person because they did this. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. And we can feel shame for like an hour or something. Oh God, I'm so embarrassed this shit happened to me. And then, you know, then we move back up to the consciousness scale. You know, it's, it's nebulous. It's not something you're stuck in forever, but this is where the levels calibrate. The next one up is apathy where you just don't give a crap about anything. You feel hopeless. You feel helpless. I've had moments of apathy in the past few weeks doesn't mean that my energy remains there. My energy, I'm, I calibrate pretty high. So if I feel any of these things, it's not for very long. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that. You know, because some people get into the apathy state and they just stay there for weeks or years. Teenagers get into that helplessness and hopeless energy, that apathy, like they don't care about anything. There's, there's that song, one of my favorite songs. What's the difference between ignorance and apathy? I don't know. And I don't care because <laughs> ignorance is, I don't know, obviously. And apathy is, I just don't care. I feel hopeless and helpless. Teenagers feel that way because they're, they, they're not quite adults yet. And they want to be adults. They want to make their own decisions. They want to open up all the cereal boxes, not just one mom. Damn it. <laughs> That's like, a, it's a common thing. You know, teenagers go through these things, you know, all of these, and we all feel all of these things. We're all human. So the next thing above apathy, which by the way, calibrates at the level of the map of consciousness scale or scale of integris apathy calibrates at 50. So now we're really coming up in energy frequency and vibration. Now the next level a frequency and vibration goes up even further and goes to 75. And that is grief. When you have regrets, when you feel depressed, when you have sadness, that puts you at a level of 75. That's terrible. If you normally calibrate at a higher level and you feel this, you're going to bounce back pretty quickly because you've already done the spiritual work and the shadow work 
and the emotional intelligence work to pull yourself up out of that pretty quickly. You know, if someone dies, you might be stuck in grief for a while. You feel low. That's literally what they say. I feel low. And, and what that really means is low in vibration. You're calibrating at a low state of being. There's not much energy to feeling grief except just sad, right? You know, regret, depression, sadness, crying. Now, what is above that? Fear. Ooh, we all feel fear from time to time. And probably in the last year, more than we have had in years. Fear includes worry and anxiety. And fear calibrates at 100. So what is above fear? And that is still a destructive energy. And it's one we need to quickly get ourselves out of if we are to uh, be in that creative energy and expansive once again. So once we get out of the destructive energy of fear, worry, and anxiety, the next level up moves us up to 125. See how rapidly we're moving now. 125 Hertz frequency or or frequency level is desire includes being very greedy and insatiable, you know, and that could be desire for sexuality. It could be desire for a lot of food or desire for a lot of money being really greedy, 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 and you don't care how you get it any way you get it. See, if I had been stuck at level, if I've been stuck at 125 frequency on this scale, I would have made that movie in Mexico, but it doesn't have a high enough consciousness for me to be involved with that project. I don't do blood and violence. I do positivity and spirituality, you know, profound messages. I don't care if it doesn't talk about spirituality at all. I always want my projects to have something profound and deep that makes people think, makes people feel good when they walk out of the theater or when they close the book. That's the kind of projects I want. But when you're stuck in that level of 125 desire, greed, and insatiable appetites, you're not going to think about others or how they feel. You don't care. You're still stuck in that. And then next one up from that, you know, when you start to realize that other people don't like you because you're greedy, you get into anger. (laughs) And anger is 150 is the frequency on this um, map of consciousness or scale of integris. This is 150, anger. And and this is where um, hate and aggression, which is a moving energy, it's very active, but it's still very destructive. Okay, so hate and aggression and anger calibrates at 150. And so what's above that is pride, but not the positive pride, but that I'm better than thou pride, the hubris, arrogance. And this is pride that is dependent upon external conditions. And that's at level 175. Then we get into the creative energy. We're going to try to quickly go through these. 
So the creative energy is very expansive and it starts off at 200. And this is when you finally, you're forcing your whole life in all the ones I just mentioned. But when you get here, boom, power, power first appears finally. Now it says here, the note, by the way, a person may operate on one level in any given area of life and, and individuals overall level of consciousness is the sum total effect of all the levels. So your level of consciousness might be very high, but still might include occasionally being angry, occasionally feeling fear, occasionally feeling very sad because you're still grieving about someone who's passed, right? So it's, there's nothing wrong with feeling the lower destructive energy vibrational things, but try to get back up into that creative space. That's where your true power lies. So at 200, we got courage, courage to move forward and overcome all that other shit, right? This is the level of empowerment. And now life gets exciting at this stage. 200 is good. You know, that's when you're in the other negativities, courage is the best one to aim for. And then after that, just neutrality at 250 Hertz frequency. Well, I'm calling it Hertz frequency, but it's just the frequency. Basically it's a vibration when your level is 250 neutrality. This is when your energy becomes very positive and it's the beginning of inner confidence. And after that comes willingness and that calibrates at 310 frequency. And that's when you start to have success and your growth is rapid. Your spiritual growth is coming like that. And you're able to overcome your inner resistance to life. That's willingness. Then after that, we have acceptance at 350. This is a major, major transformation. You become the source of your own life, the creator of your life. You accept everything about yourself and you know, you're a creator, you're making it happen. You're doing it. You accept that responsibility and you accept yourself and you're accepting others. The next level from 350 is 400 at the level of a reason. So this vibration of reason at 400 is when you have intelligence and rationality, your decisions are not knee jerk reactions or just gut instinct triggers. You're using your rationality and your intelligence. You're using your knowledge and education to reason out everything in your life. That's a level 400. After that, we've got love. When you reach 500, that's when all your negativity dissolves. Your purity of motive comes clear. Everything you do is from the heart. You live by your gut instinct and your intuition. And no matter what's going on in your life, you can find, you manage to find true happiness, even if it's for a few minutes in every day. And eventually it becomes all day long. You're just truly happy no matter what's happening because you know, your motives are pure. You know that you have a pure heart and you're approaching life and other people through you, the power of your heart chakra, your intuition. Then from love comes joy. 
Joy 540. Now we're getting somewhere, baby. And this is saints, healers, and people who are spiritually advanced are at the level of joy at 540 and peace at 600 frequency or vibration. So joy is you have a notable effect on others. Your, it says individual will merge into divine will at this level. Everything becomes effortless and synchronicities abound. This is at the level of joy and beyond joy, higher than joy at 540 is peace at 600. This is when you reach God consciousness, transcendence, and you start to make your great contributions to the world. And above that, we have enlightenment, which starts at 700 and goes all the way to a thousand, which is the most you can possibly, possibly have on this map of consciousness levels by Dr. David Hawkins. Enlightenment includes Buddha, Lord Buddha, Lord Krishna, Jesus, the Christ. This is the powerful inspiration. This is the attractor energy fields that influence all of mankind. And that's it. You guys, those are the levels of consciousness and the best of my research so far on the topic. So there you have it. (laughs) I love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak the podcast. Thank you for those of you who are donating to me uh, monthly. If you want to do that anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. If you want to do a one-time donation, which I really appreciate that is, uh, just PayPal. You could PayPal me. Uh, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com. And um, thank you in advance for that. Uh, or metaphysical soul speak at gmail.com if you want it to look more official. <laughs> Up to you. It's better if you do send to a friend. Otherwise, they take like, I don't know, 10% out or something. I think they take money from you too. So it's just, you know, the way PayPal works. But anyway, I just want to thank those of you. Um, who have written me this week. I haven't addressed, um, everybody's questions. I don't think yet, but I will eventually get to it. I love you all. And, um, I'm always sending you guys love and I'm praying for you guys. And I hope you're praying for me too. We just are going to float everybody's boat up, up, up deeper and deeper into the fifth dimension. And I'm glad we're on the spiritual journey together. We are hashtag soul family hashtag soul tribe that's incidentally also how you find me on social media to DM me and ask me questions if you like so that's it guys I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming just like always but until then I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys peace
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.